Welcome, boils and ghouls, to Handle Whiskare. We are a horror podcast presented by the Slashing Cast Network discussing horror movies and the phobias they emphasize. Spooktober is drawing to a close this week, unfortunately. But, you know, we're here tonight to wrap it up with uh, another really great anthology movie. Of course, I am your host, Tumbly Drunk, joined, as always, by my co-host, Holly Hooch. And Holly, Hi. you know, yeah. it's been... It's been a fun month. We've been talking some really fun movies, uh, some divisive movies also. So we've got it a pretty good mix all in all. But how have you been doing this past week? It's been good. I was in Chicago last week and I came back home to the West Coast on a Saturday. And uh, and yeah, just been enjoying the, the pouring rain. So that's been really fun. <laughs> but I've been having a great time. Uh, actually, I don't know why I said I've been having a great time. I've been having a regular time <laughs> in my regular life. And uh, I did have a great time when I watched Creep Show again because it'd been a minute. Because it's not like I had to I had to dig up an old uh, like storage that I had just to get like because I'd, I'd I'd save the move uh, I'd save the movie okay. uh, on an old computer and and it's I didn't want to spend like the three dollars <laughs> to watch the movie again so I was like ah eh, screw it and so I dug up an old computer and I plugged it in I'm like hey there we go I have it I have creep show mm -hmm. HD so uh, yeah that was great <laughs> fucking Ted Danson right and Leslie Nielsen Ugh, mm. they're so great and that then that nobody that played the lady. But let's get into this. It was a really good movie. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you know, you know, last week we were talking the Halloween kills uh, and, mm -hmm. our, and our thoughts on that. And you know, this week, you know, we're 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 ending the month how we started it with anthology horror. We started Yay. we started with Trick or Treat. We're ending with Creep Show, uh, which is probably still the most beloved anthology movie ever made. Uh, oh, so at it's this great. Point. Yes, it's got Stephen King in it. Holy shit. It's got so many greats. It's got Ed Harris in it. That was, I was, I was watching. I was like, no shit. Cause I kind of <laughs> forgot about it. I totally forgot about Ed Harris in this mm -hmm. one. And I was like, all right, Ed Harris, way to, I don't know, fill out that fucking CV, right? Yeah. Wait, wait to awkwardly dance in the, in the dining room. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, you know, I, <laughs> yeah, you know what, when we discuss that scene, I'll, I'll tell you a little quip. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, so tonight, as we mentioned, is Creepshow, uh, released in 1982, directed by George Romero. And this is an anthology which tells five terrifying tales inspired by the EC horror comic books of the 1950s. All right, so uh, this this kind of dates back a while because you had George Romero and Stephen King who were mm -hmm. kind of like at the peak of their careers and they kind of like got together together. Uh, to to make this movie and they were both in kind of like their primes at the time where you know these are uh, a director and author who both grew up reading the 1950s horror comics uh that inspired the movie uh and you know because of that uh you know like this was a big part of their childhood it's one of the main things that kind of like drew them into the genre in the first place and, you know, Romero started to work with uh, Jack Kamen, who had worked with EC Comics, uh, and he was the one who actually created, like, the Creepshow comic uh, that's actually used as a prop within the movie. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this whole collaborative effort <laughs> came during when uh, Warner Bros. executives approached Romero uh, about Kane in the late 1970s when Martin was screening. Uh, and, you know, the two kind of just hit it off right off the bat. 
Uh, and, you know, they not oh. acknowledged how they were big fans of one another's work. And then it was just kind of like smooth sailing from there. But, you know, you have so many, like, big names involved in this project. Uh, you had uh, Tom Savini, who yeah. uh, basically gave him a transition into more, like, monster and creature effects, as well as, like, character makeup. Mm -hmm. uh, you also had Greg Nicotero, who... Uh, had visited the set, and that's basically what propelled him to get into filmmaking in the first place, and he would later go on uh, very recently in 2019 to helm uh, the Shudder iteration of Creepshow, which is currently on its third season uh, as which of this recording. Which is also great. <laughs> uh, I love it. Yeah, no, you know, like, it's it's just you have all of these heavyweights all getting together, and then on top of that, you know, you have a lot of, like, horror icons within the movie, too. So it's just, like, it is a who's who of the genre all getting together to work on this project. And, you know, I, I know for some people, some of the stories hit maybe a little bit softer than some of the others. Uh, right. All of these stories really have really defining <laughs> moments to, like, cap off the segments, which is, I think, one of the better things about this movie uh, in a nutshell, because it, it does leave you with that lasting power, even if maybe the story as a whole might not have lived up to uh, the expectation of what may have followed it. Because uh, there definitely mm -hmm. are some segments in this, much like any anthology movie, that are stronger than others. Um, are you talking about the Stephen King one? The Stephen King one is probably my <laughs> my least favorite, but you yeah. know it's it's more comical it's so than anything because it's supposed exactly. to be over the top. And I remember, uh, you know, everyone was just kind of like, "Well, you know, you you were over exaggerating everything." And you know, Stephen King's just like, "Well, that that was the direction Hello. I was given. It was supposed to be like a cartoon, essentially. It was Looney Tunes. He did great. <laughs> he did great. I think he did great. And it was also just so fun to see him. You know." Mm -hmm. Especially a acting like a, like a, like a dumb dumb. <laughs> it's fun, good stuff. Yeah. So we do have our like prologue in the epilogue, uh, which stars Tom Atkins uh, as the scolding father figure uh, who is learning about his son reading these comic books. Uh, and you know, the, 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 one of my favorite parts about this movie is immediately the little kid just like quips back at him. Well, you know, you have all your dirty magazines hidden underneath your, uh, your underwear and your dresser. <laughs> my favorite part was how smart that kid was when the dad was like, I'm going to burn all, or I'm going to get rid of all this shit. And he's like, D dad, I'm sorry. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> so good. I went 180. I'm like, oh, that kid's smart. But, uh, and then of course they sort of redid this story in the, uh, in the new in the new creep show with, but not, but then it was an abusive uncle rather than the dad. And, uh, but you know, of course, same, uh, same story. And, and, uh, I never got the chance to order something off of a magazine. Did you? No, I did not. That was, I mean, I think I remember maybe seeing a thing or two, but when I was really, really little, but that sort of really went out in the seventies. Mm -hmm. Cause I don't really, well, maybe in the early eighties. So yeah, like it's, that's a bummer. Cause that, that just seems like a great way to spend your childhood. <laughs> but, uh, but yes, it was, uh, and you know, you gotta love it, but th that really, I mean, it must've happened, but I just, uh, I don't know if, uh, you know, some people had just abusive dads that were, uh, you know, not as absent as mine. Cause mine wouldn't have given a shit if I was into that. He'd been like, yeah, whatever <laughs> I'm leaving. Okay. My dad. But uh, yeah, that's that's a reoccurring theme. That sounded really sad. I didn't mean it that way. But you know, it's a reoccurring <laughs> theme of like, oh, you can't spend your time on toys. Mm -hmm. You can definitely spend your time on toys. People do it all the time. That is true. I'm done. 
<laughs> well, anyways, so uh, the dad sees this, ends up throwing out the creep show comic. Uh, and that's when you see, you know, the creep appearing in the boy's window. Uh, and, you know, later on, and, you know, I might as well just talk about the, the epilogue, too, because, like, it's just the the end of that continuation of the story uh, where, you know, we see, like, this thunderstorm picking up, uh, you know, after, you know, the, the comic is thrown out and we see that it's garbage day and Tom Savini actually has a cameo as one of the garbage men uh, and he mm-hmm. finds the comic book, you know, on the curbside there within the garbage uh, and he notices that one of the advertisements uh, for a voodoo doll had been torn out along with, like, the order form in this creep show comic. Uh, so, you know, we see Stan, uh, again, played by Tom Atkins, complaining of, you know, his neck pain. Uh, and then we see his son basically, like, gleefully jabbing the voodoo doll <laughs> with a pin. Uh, so, you know, the, the dad gets his comeuppance after being a total shithead to his yeah. son once and for all. And, you know, like... The mom just stood there. Mom <laughs> just stood there. <laughs> yeah, mom's like, well, I don't really want him writing that I stuff, am, but... <laughs> that's funny stuff (laughs) all right so we have five stories in this anthology which uh quite quite a bit even considered like to this day for an anthology movie like i know we've had different ones like uh you know like like the a to z stuff that they've done in the past um so you know we don't have like the 26 in total, like, five to, like, ten-minute stories, uh, and some of them are a little bit longer in this one, but we kick off with right. Father's Day, uh, where we meet yeah. the Grantham family, who are gathering at their estate to celebrate, obviously, Father's Day. Uh, otherwise, it it would be kind of, you know, named ironically. But anyways, so the family basically holds this dark secret as to how they have obtained their their fortune, and they basically had the patriarch of the family, uh, Nathan, who was murdered by his estranged daughter, uh, Bedelia, on Father's He kind of had it coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that guy was a total dick as well, like most mm-hmm. fathers in Creepshow. Just saying, it's, it's a recurring theme, <laughs> uh, at least at the start. Uh, and uh, this figure basically returns from the grave to exact his revenge on his greedy heirs, as well as to, you know, lay claim to his long lost cake that he has been demanding on Father's Day. Uh, and, you know, like, this is what, one of the things I really like about this is you have a lot of the creature effects in a lot of these different segments. And you have Nathan surprising Cass and Richard uh, with the cake. And, of course, you know, you have that still shot frame of uh, Sylvia's separate head being served on like the cake yeah. platter which is just so fantastic but you know we mentioned ed harris earlier and yes. you know like when i think of dance scenes in horror movies like there there are always two that come to mind there's this one with ed harris and then i think uh-huh. probably the most common one uh would be i mean that's another one but uh jesse in nightmare on elm street 2 is another one that that was pretty prominent ah, at the time okay. a- as well. But it's just like, you know, you, you have all of these people who are just like despairing, <laughs> like left and right. And nobody wants to like really go out and see like, what the hell is going on? You know, it doesn't matter if you're the brother, the sister, if you're the cook, you know, no one is safe in this segment. <laughs> yeah. And uh, back to the dancing, I've never spontaneously broken into dance. And what, I don't know, it just doesn't seem like the occasion called for it, but I guess that, that young woman 
we're just trying to, you know, create a stir. But uh, I don't know. That was that was ridiculous and unnatural, and I won't stand for it. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was a good stangman. I liked it a lot. And Ed Harris, when he was uh, about to die, I kept thinking, I kept putting myself in his position. And I was like, well, he's there's a there's a little bit of a hole that he's in, mm-hmm. and 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 he's got like you know a, a dead body half on him. And I'm wondering, like, can he roll out of there? I don't know if he can roll out of there. So the, I, was, I was so preoccupied with trying to understand if he could actually get away from from the very slow moving, uh, you know, piece of concrete that was about to fall on his head mm-hmm. that uh, that I forgot to be scared. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I remember thinking, like, yeah, I don't think he could have done much about that. <laughs> You know, you got you're distracted by the monster. You got a body on you. You're in a little bit of a hole that you can't really roll away easily. Yeah, he was gonna die. I'm sorry, Ed Harris. It was just your time. Yep. Unfortunately, it was calling to that point. But you know, the key mm-hmm. thing is the dad did get his cake in the long run, and he did get his revenge all at the same time. <laughs> so I kept forgetting that at uh, the movie because it'd been such a long time since I watched it. I kept thinking he was saying cane, and then at the end, I was like, "Oh, it was cake." I mean, he did have a cane. Like, let's not mistake that because he was constantly like banging it on the table so he could That's get his cake. Thinking. So, like, the, I I can understand the confusion. <laughs> Thank you. Because that was always his way to, like, get his family's attention, was to just bane the, the cane on the mm-hmm. table constantly. He was not a good man. He had mm-hmm. it coming. Nope. I mean, <laughs> I'm always like, yeah, he had it coming. I, you know, it's just, uh, I, I don't, I, I probably shouldn't be so so aggressive with my judgments. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of the old guys in, the, in these movies had it coming. Uh, maybe not so much go. as the other millionaire, which we'll talk about later. Ooh. Wait, the bug guy? Mm-hmm. I definitely sided with him. Okay, yeah, let's move on. <laughs> uh, next up, we have the lonesome death of Jordy Verrill, which is uh, the one that features Stephen King uh, as Jordy, who is a simple farmer uh, who has a meteor crash land on his farm. <laughs> so, Jordy, a simple farmer, yeah. <laughs> a simple man, a yeah. simpleton. Yeah, basically, <laughs> that's that's Jordy in a nutshell. Uh, Looney Tunes over here. So, uh, Jordy. Uh, decides to sell this meteor to the local college, thinking that he's going to be able to, uh, you know, get rich, pay off his bank loan, all that good stuff. Uh, but little does he know that this meteor is home to this plant-like parasite uh, that makes everything grow that it touches. Uh, so, you know, Jordy, knowing like, okay, this just entered the atmosphere, I should probably cool this off, you know, pours a bucket of water on it, uh, which causes this meteor to split in half, uh, in which, you know, he grabs hold of it, uh, and he gets, as he puts it, meteor shit (laughs) on his hands. (laughs) Uh, So we we enter the whole, like, uh, body horror element where Jordy's body begins to grow, as does the farmland, uh, which essentially becomes, like, this massive, like, jungle, essentially, uh, and, you know, unfortunately, like, this it, this segment is definitely a downer in the sense that, uh, it, it's kind of hard to see the total scale in, in, in the long run, but they do hint, like, that this is going to, uh, become, like, an Earth-wide problem at some point, uh, but Jordy, uh, basically praise the god because like he has he's had bad luck his entire life and he just wants one thing in his life to go right for once and of course as he's praying he's just hoping that he doesn't miss the shot when he <laughs> puts the uh the shotgun up to his head to kill himself 
And man, like, th th this segment is just so heavy. Like, he didn't really have an option, you know? Like, he was probably yeah. just going to get stuck in his home. Uh, and he, he ran out of alcohol, <laughs> you know? <laughs> After, like, dumping a bottle of vodka into his orange juice, which I'm assuming that's what it was. Just making a giant yeah, screwdriver. But, you know, you had like, that whole, uh, like, father-son interaction when he was looking into the mirror, when he was, like, uh, basically, like, pouring himself a hot bath. Uh, and he, obviously that was just going to accelerate the process, even though it was already happening at a pretty uh, accelerative state already. But, man, like, what what a downer of a segment for, yeah, for, such, a, for such, a, like, a comical approach to one, you know? Yeah, it's just... Uh... It got it got nice and green in there. All I could think was like, well, you know, maybe Poison Ivy would bang him. But not even that. Nope. I, I just don't have much to say about it. Let's move <laughs> on. <laughs> well, Let's the, 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 the yeah, other the best part. Yeah, the other thing to note is like they did have like a weather forecast announcement on the television yeah. at the time. And they were talking about how like the temperature was changing and, you know, heavy rains were predicted, uh, which basically implied that this accelerant of plant growth in the surrounded area uh, could also transform into or, or terraform into like a, an entirely green planet. Uh, right. That was the that was the implication, mm -hmm. right? That uh, with the with the coming rains, uh, this alien sort of creature life force flora was just going to really uh, uh, grow in a very quick pace and cover the planet. Mm -hmm. And then uh, nowadays I'm like, yeah, man, have at it. <laughs> we could use the shade. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, another thing to note about this segment is, you know, because it was Stephen King, uh, this segment was explicitly part of the uh, main landscape for Stephen King, as evident to the signage of Castle Rock, uh, which was a setting of a lot of That's books. That's right. With, yeah. You know, the Dead Zone, Needful mm -hmm. Things, and a few other uh, books as well. So that, that was a, a cool little nugget to see in, in the segment. Yeah. A little thank you to Stephen King for performing. He did a good job. Which leads us to something to tide you over, uh, which is honestly my uh, probably the most favored one out of uh, the segments for a lot of the community, right? <laughs> yes, because it is uh, it is the ultimate revenge story, <laughs> and it is rough. I mean, holy shit, Leslie Nielsen's a huge bastard in this one, and Ted Danson just. Uh, I don't know if he, I don't think he was gullible, but I guess, you know, when you're a young, strong Ted Danson, you don't think that life's going to come at you that hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you're like, sure, walk me over to the place you're going to bury me up to my neck. That's yeah, I, I can defend myself. <laughs> oh, what's that? You have a gun? I did not see that coming. Mm -hmm. so, but yeah, that. although how did he get a TV to work on the beach? I mean, I know the implication was that like this man's into tech. He's got so many cameras. But it's the beach. <laughs> the thing needs fucking power. Like, mm -hmm. like, like, fuck that. You know, like the I don't know. And but, I mean, I, I just I don't I don't I didn't get that part. And I like that at one point he's like pulling back the cable, and then it's like severed, and I'm and he's like, oh well. And I was like, that doesn't explain anything. <laughs> <laughs> There's more questions now. <laughs> but you know the, the the this yeah this is the best story I. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it it was such a nasty like just a, a nasty little like uh you know plot twist there and and it was it was great although did you notice that the water waterlogged zombies had really nice hands when they were attacking <laughs> him i was like oh they forgot their gloves 
oh no <laughs> but uh yeah that's a that's a great story that's like the that's the one that everybody remembers mm. and the last one is the one that nobody remembers but let's talk some more about this one because it was it was pretty great i mean i even forgot the part where that's what i love about some movies like i've watched them such a long time ago that i'm like oh my god that's right mm-hmm. <laughs> they actually uh they show like ted danson's head completely submerged and uh and that's when like the the creeps really set in you know to the back of your neck where you kind of imagine like just drowning to death and you're like no poor ted danson oh that's a good one <laughs> Yeah, so this all involves around the husband planning out revenge on his cheating wife and her lover. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the two are literally up to their necks in danger, thanks to Richard, played by <laughs> Leslie Nielsen. Uh, so, you know, what I what I love about this is, you know, you're so used to seeing Leslie Nielsen in, like, The Naked Gun and a lot of these mm-hmm. comedies at the time. And here he is, uh, and he is absolutely terrifying in this role. And he's wonderful <laughs> at being terrifying. Well... <laughs> what was that sci-fi movie that that was really famous that uh monsters from the id okay. no that's the big that's the big name or the big reveal in the movie uh shoot i cannot remember the name of the sci-fi movie but that's another like serious role because you know he was a serious actor for a little bit so that was kind of nice to see him being all mean and serious because like you were saying and most of the other stuff that that people see him and he's just really really hilarious mm-hmm. but not here <laughs> yeah, he's a killer Jerry's yeah. a high tech gonna hook up my my 1980s TV on the beach. Yep, and uh, he confronts Harry about sleeping with his wife Becky. Uh, so he traps Harry to punish not only Harry but also his unfaithful wife as well. Uh, so we see Harry uh, getting buried neck deep in the sand below the high tide line, uh, and you know mm-hmm. Richard, as you mentioned, has a TV camera VCR to record Harry as he's going to uh, to drown to death. Uh, but, you know, Becky is also buried to her neck further down on the beach as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what I like about this story is you even have, like, the explanation from Richard, like, hey, like, this isn't necessarily an unwinnable situation. You know, it's a jigsaw route. Like, there's always a way out. Uh, and he explains that there's a chance of survival. All they have to do is hold their breath long enough for the Lie. sand to loosen uh, when oh. the water covers them <laughs> yeah were you holding your breath because i was holding my breath you know as the waves are coming and going mm-hmm. yeah i couldn't keep up i will have i would have also died <laughs> i have very low capacity like of i don't know like i can't hold my my breath for that long i'm really bad at swimming too so this this was like a particularly nice nightmare for me <laughs> i was like oh no <laughs> yeah so you know richard uh watches Harry and becky uh, die as he is just, you know, chilling, sipping a cocktail back at Comfort Point. Uh, and then when he returns back to Harry's grave to retrieve the tape that uh, Richard finds no sign of the body. And of course, we see Harry and Becky returning as these uh, seaweed-covered zombies uh, hell-bent <laughs> uh, hell on exacting their own revenge. Uh, very nice hands. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, the glove situation, and, you know, Richard <laughs> tries to shoot them, but the bullets seem to have no effect on them, and he tries to barricade himself inside the bedroom, only to find out that, uh, you know, the waterlogged zombies are already inside with him, mm-hmm. and the two of them end up uh, turning the tide on Richard uh, and bury him up to the neck on the beach Ba-dum-psh. and walk off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I so... Wish- <laughs> 
I kind of wish they'd shown the part where they made him ba- dig his own grave, or mm. maybe the waterlogged zombies dig the grave first, the watery grave. I don't know, but you know that would have been fun to watch. And uh, um, let's also mention the super super fun part where at when somebody meets their end and they get that sort of neon light behind them, like comic book wise, mm-hmm. so that. Oh, that's my favorite. And I think that's everybody's favorite. I'm just stating the obvious. I think I want to rewatch the Creep Show episodes again tonight. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. So, in regards to the whole, uh, why the hell does this TV work on the beach? <laughs> uh, I give you a one of two possible solutions or answers. Uh-huh. For this. Generator? Uh, uh, a generator uh, that was quietly like one, somewhere? One movie magic. Right? Oh, uh, the best magic. Okay, and the two, which is the other bullshit reason, uh, which is the rubber logic. You know, things just happen in this movie for no reason. That's true. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I, I know I shouldn't be so picky. And in fact, I'm usually not. But every once in a while, one little tiny detail just gets here like, excuse me? Mm-hmm. It's, excuse me? I I have a question. <laughs> So, yeah, this one got me, but it's still a super enjoyable, like, short little story. I loved it. And then I was like, wow, this is great. And I paused the the movie, and I was like, oh, there's another story left. Because then I noticed there was more space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, yes. I got all excited because I'd totally forgotten about the very last story. Well, there's there's two after this one. Mm. Do you mean the 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 resolve on the general one? Oh, wait, the crate. The crate. I forgot about the yeah, crate. Yeah, what's in the box? Oh, that was good. Adrian Barbo. Is that her name? Mm-hmm. Yes. No? Close. Yeah. Enough. Okay. The crate. Yes, the crate. A professor finds an old crate under the stairs of the university. And, uh, you know, funny enough, on the most recent episode of Creep Show Season 3 on Shudder, that one also There's had crate. a crate in it. Just saying. Uh, Just n- saying. Not quite the same thing. Th- that one didn't have fluffy. Uh, that was a very well-behaved... Uh, <laughs> 1870 something monster that just sort of kept to his crate that he could have easily broken with his bare hands. But, uh, I mean, yeah. he, he did do that eventually. Yeah, but okay. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's continue. I don't, I'm being so picky for no reason. I'm picking uh, this thing apart. I'm uh, sorry. I'm it's, sorry. It's fine. Uh, so you have Henry who is in an abusive relationship. Uh, and when he finds out about this crate, he uh, concocts this plan to get uh, to basically get rid of his wife and also help out his best friend. Uh, so we have this creature, Fluffy, uh, who is basically the star of the show, thanks to Tom Sweeney's work. Uh, and this monster inside the crate isn't just a problem, but it's a solution for Henry, who is dealing uh, with uh, Wilma, played by You know what Adrian. another solution would be? What's that? Divorce, man. <laughs> Just divorce her. Like, you don't even make that much. Let's get on with it. But no, no, let's kill the wife. But yes, Adrian Barbo gets Well, killed. see, you say that, but then, like, this is the way of, like, not having to give up half of his stuff. You know, this is a more permanent it's solution. It's just stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, I watched too many Forensic Files, and every once in a while, I, I watch too many Forensic Files, and I have to turn to Joe and be like, babe, if you ever just want out of this marriage... Just go for it, man. Let's just get divorced. You don't have to kill me. And then he makes me stop watching Forensic Files for a while. <laughs> hey, I think I'm due for some Forensic Files, though. Maybe after Halloween, I'll get into that. Okay. Yes. <laughs> the crates. Yeah, and this, uh, this segment has uh, Hall Hallberg as well as Adrian after they had started in the fog together mm-hmm. a couple of years earlier. Yeah. 
So that was that was cool to see. So you have Henry, who is securing the beast inside this crate, uh, and you know af after you know a little bit of a little bit of mayhem involved with Fluffy, he decides to dump mm -hmm. the crate into this quarry, uh, and you know convince that the creature has you know drowned. Uh, the guys agree to you know just let the authorities uh, deal with the disappearances of you know the people that Fluffy killed. And little do they the know 80s, man. that, uh, you know, Fluffy's still alive as he tears the crate apart. Is murder, I mean, was murder that easy in the 80s? I guess it was. Although, I mean, at that point, Fluffy killed a janitor, uh, a, a sort of a TA, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then a uh, dude's wife. So he had three murders. Is that it? Yeah, that sounds about right. And that's just, just not going to come up at all. Like, that's... I mean, I, I don't think we can get away with that kind of shit now because of all the cameras and phones, but, uh, okay. I'm glad I made it out of the 80s alive. <laughs> I mean, I mean, little kids went missing all the time. You and I were very lucky to make it out of the 80s alive. There, I've said it. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that is true. Let's continue. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, what also helped us was we didn't live in Derry. Oh that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's a, that's, that'll get you. Yeah. That'll get you. Yeah, no, no creepy clowns here. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> speaking of, uh, I, I mean, these are just creepy crawlies. In this case, we have they're creeping up on you oh, or on you, oh, uh, which oh. is all about cockroaches. It was so <laughs> bad. I hated it. That poor dear old man. <laughs> I mean, I know he was evil, but all I could do was just like that was. That was actually, that was my other worst nightmare. So, mm -hmm. uh, drowning is one, but a close second is being devoured by, by roaches. That's, that was, that was awful. Mm -hmm. That was really awful. And I felt really bad for him, even though he was a very bad man. Yeah. How about you? Did you feel bad or you were like, no, fuck him. He's getting what he deserves. I mean, he definitely got what he deserved, but you he know, just did get what he deserved. <laughs> the, the thought, the thought of how many cockroaches <laughs> they use in this is really what creeps me out. <laughs> and the other thing that creeps me out too is that, like, I don't think they were nice to cockroaches in the '80s in movies. You know, like I think they probably did kill a bunch of cockroaches, mm -hmm. as opposed to now where they're like, "Nah, man, I'm a cockroach handler. These are my babies." I'm loaning you my babies for your movie. Do not hurt my babies. Yeah, so I'm, I'm. I don't think that was the case in the '80s. Yeah, you had E.G. Marshall who played Pratt, uh, agreeing to get covered in thousands of real roaches <laughs> for this segment. Uh, and you know there were on eighteen thousand cockroaches used for this, uh, and they were being bred on set in what they like to call the Roach Whoa. Motel. <laughs> Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's disgusting and yeah. amazing. Yeah, so uh, needless to say, uh, shooting with cockroaches proved to be challenging. <laughs> I bet. And uh, I just remember the character was racist, too. So, mm -hmm. yeah, he definitely got what he what he deserved. Yeah, so... I just, I don't personally want to be covered in cockroaches, is what I'm trying to say. It was challenging for a couple of reasons. One, because of how people act around bugs, uh, to varying degrees. Uh, obviously... Uh, because they were they were bred and also like they can't really take direction, you know, like <laughs> they'd be there one minute and then gone the next, uh, which is just an absolute clusterfuck to so to deal with. <laughs> yeah, you know they're they're worse than child actors, you know. Jeez, <laughs> jeez. But uh, you know, just watching a rich bastard get his comeuppance, uh, just from a fuck ton of cockroaches is definitely 
cathartic in its its own ways. But when he ate a cockroach that he that he put by accident into his oatmeal that already looked like mushed up cockroaches, just I don't know that dude. Yeah, hmm. He ate a lot of oatmeal. I mean, he's an old man. A lonely, oh, mean-spirited true. millionaire who is that's dealing right. with OCD. So, you know, not mm-hmm. only is he dealing with his impulses, he's also having to deal with this army of vengeful cockroaches. <laughs> that were, much, that, I'm guessing it was like a curse from the dude's wife that killed himself because of him, right? Well, I don't know if it goes that far, but uh, I, I particularly, I had a really good laugh at how unfazed he was by this super upset woman calling and crying and cursing him out. <laughs> He's just like mm-hmm. laughing and super delighted. Like it's just any regular conversation. I was like, wow, you some bitch. <laughs> I was like, oh, some good stuff. I liked it. And I also like the fact that, you know, he's thinking he's completely safe because he does have a panic room inside his house. Uh, thinking like, all right, I'm in the clear, only to discover that the cockroaches have already <laughs> infested the room. Oh, no. Sorry. I'm imagining it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, man. When he pulls back the covers and there's just a swarm. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, oh, man. Yeah. Worst nightmare after drowning. Yep. Second worst nightmare. Yeah. And over overwhelmed by the cockroach army, Pratt suffers a fatal heart attack. And that's when we mm-hmm. see... Uh, his body start to contort as the roaches burst out of his mouth and his body. And man, but like... <laughs> and then you have to, like, the, the creepy part is that at that point, when it's, like, the dummy, not not his, not the yeah. actor, like, the room is completely devoid of cockroaches, completely, right? And before and previously, it was completely covered. And that's because they're all inside of his body, eating his body with little tiny bites. <laughs> oh, 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 man. Yeah, that was grotesque. That's pretty good. Absolutely. So so all in all, like you have five stories here. Um, obviously, the Tide one is the go to for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say if you're talking about like consistency from like a segment to segment in anthology movies, Creepshow still is at the top. Yeah. Like overall. And, you know, there's there's been a there's been quite a few that have come out in recent years. Um, I, I don't think any of them really captured the the same sort of level outside of Trick or Treat, which is one of the reasons why right. we wanted to start with that as well. Um, but, you know, we've we've seen just so many different iterations, like with ABCs of Death, which also had like two parts. And, you know, when you get stuff like that, you just you don't have enough time to really allow the segments to breathe where, you know, in this one. Yeah, sure, the runtimes were a little bit longer for a couple of the segments, uh, but actually that worked uh, to the benefit of the stronger stories because the strongest one was the longest one in this movie. Uh, Mm -hmm. But, you know, you didn't really have to rush into any of the storytelling here. Right, and there was something, like, that's so... um, that's so special about Creepshow that you were saying that uh, uh, Trick or Treat really picks up on really adding an element of like just fun just delight uh, i mean it's grotesque it's horror but there's there's a levity to it and then on top of that it's not as hardcore as um other horror movies right mm-hmm. so i mean like we just watched uh vhs that was at 94 yeah that we watched a couple weeks ago and i loved it i thought it was really great but you know it you know this this has uh creep show has much more of like the, the same feeling you get out of a roller coaster right it's just it's just good fun, and uh, you don't you don't get a lot of movies that really capture that as well as as these. So it was really fun to watch. 
Absolutely. So why don't we go ahead and talk about what is coming up this week <gasps> outside of, you know, this release of this episode. So, you know, it's kind of kind of a big week. Uh, you know, we got Halloween happening on yeah. Sunday. Uh, and, you know, along with that, just a reminder, Slash and Cast uh, and, you know, our podcast network is doing a Halloween virtual convention that will be happening October Woo-hoo. 29th through the 31st. Uh, now, as of recording this, I don't think we have a posted schedule as of yet. Uh, but I would imagine that's going to be happening any day now because uh, they're, you know, trying to find some uh, some short films to also air uh, during, you know, this convention. Uh, but it will be on the Slash Incast YouTube channel. And of course, you know, we do have a segment for the show uh, where we were talking about Jollos. Uh, so, you know, you, yeah, you and I, before uh, I flew out to Orlando, we're talking about uh, kind of like where it all started. Uh, and we were touching up on like good entry pieces for uh-huh. that specific genre, uh, as well as talking about some of 2021's Jalos as well, uh, which, of course, we have The Last Night in Soho. Uh, coming out this week as well, so it's like we got a lot of a lot of cool stuff happening this week. So definitely go check that out. Uh, but outside of that, I also did a uh, segment with Rod from Murder Moose Podcast, who's also on the oh, network. Oh, nice! Uh, where we did our what the fuck horror segment for Takashi Miike, <laughs> <laughs> which was a lot of fun, and you know we get to talk a little bit about uh, Japan absurdity. In horror, oh, <laughs> which Japan. is always a good time. <laughs> mm, big old heart for Japan. One of these days, I'll make it to Tokyo. Yeah, then you can bring home your own 2D waifu. Yes! <laughs> or... <laughs> <laughs> ah, but anyways, so... <laughs> that was all you outs, outs, Outside of that, uh, obviously... <laughs> if you have a waifu, you don't make it outside very much. <laughs> I mean, they come in all shapes and sizes now, uh, even digitally. But you know, just saying. Uh, but that's besides the point. Uh, so with this being the end of, you know, Spooktober, we are entering November. Mm-hmm. So with that, we have a new phobia coming up. Uh, so <laughs> we're going to be talking right. about the fear of death. Say and it. Say <laughs> it. Say uh, the word. We have looked th- it up. Thanatophobia. Uh, Yay! There we go. Uh, <laughs> and it's a phobia. It's just, jeez, you know, some Jesus. they need to like make it easier for some of these, or you know, it's just gonna be purely for comical effect. Is I'm just gonna choose them half the time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so over the next month, outside of one specific week, and I'll, um, death games. I'll, I'll get into Sorry. that. We're yeah, we're talking death games uh, for the most part. <laughs> uh, but you know, Thanksgiving is right around the corner. And, uh-huh. you know, we, we just celebrated Spooktober, so, you know, what mm-hmm. the hell? We're going to talk about, really, the only Thanksgiving movie, the week of Thanksgiving, which is also a fantastic fucking B-movie, <laughs> which more people need to see. Yes. <laughs> because it has Scooby-Doo antics that would never fucking work. <laughs> <laughs> in Thanksgiving. Uh, but that'll be in a few weeks. We'll, we'll get there. Uh, but Yay. we're kicking off Fear of Death with Rays, directed by Josh C. Waller, which stars Zoe Bell, which is an underground fight club type movie where you Ooh. fight to the death, and it is badass. And it is Zoe Bell doing oh. normal stunt work, which, you know, I, I love to see. 
Uh, so if and you are a fan, I've never seen it. You've never seen it, which is even better. So I cannot I'm wait so to get your thoughts on that. But that will yes. be next week. Uh, and then, of course, we'll have our full November lineup posted here uh, probably over the weekend or the next couple of days, whenever that is going to be. So keep your eyes peeled for that, as well as the Halloween virtual convention happening October 29th through the 31st on the Slash Incast YouTube channel. That's exciting. So, T, are you? do you have anything planned for Halloween? Anything coming up? Um, for this weekend, um, I know like we're doing a uh, movie watch party on the 30th, uh, with nice. my, my World of Warcraft guild <laughs> or Very team. Cool. Uh, so we're doing like a four movie uh marathon that night. So we're gonna watch Night of the Demons, uh, the original Night of the Demons, not the remake. Cool. Not that I don't like the Good. remake. Uh, we're gonna watch The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Oh, I love that. Uh, Haunt. And Trick or Treat mm-hmm. are the four movies. That All right, doing. nice. And it'll be, I, uh-huh. it'll be interesting because a lot of the people that I game with do not really watch horror movies. <laughs> so <laughs> it's going to be an interesting time, to say the least. Well, it's a good time to introduce them to that. So mm-hmm. that's a lot of fun. I am going to a spooky tea party. I am going to a punk rock show the day of. And I might go to another Halloween party. And I get to use all my different costumes this year. So it's really exciting for me. Awesome. Good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. I still need to eat pumpkin pie, though. I really like that tradition that your friends have where they just eat a pumpkin pie because why the fuck not? It's already like autumn. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck yeah. Why do I have to wait till once a year to eat fucking pumpkin pie? It's that's, really pumpkin delicious. That's just a fall thing. I wouldn't say that specific to Halloween. <laughs> Well, yeah, but, you know, I kind of waited, I mean, you know, jack-o'-lanterns and mm-hmm. Halloween and then, like, and then November pumpkin pie, but I don't know who told me that was a rule. Like, like you know, only eating eggs for breakfast. Like, no, man, you can eat you can eat pumpkin pie and eggs anytime you want. Yeah, I mean, it's the same case I'm a grown-up. <laughs> and ice cream. <laughs> and birthday <Yeah>. cake. <laughs> Literally anything. You can make your own damn decisions. Oh, <laughs> sometimes it's great being an adult. Mm-hmm. Oh, good stuff. All right, well, yeah, I mean, Creep Show was so much fun. It was ah, just delightful delightful oh speaking of delightful i caught the new uh uh the chucky series mm-hmm. also fucking delightful now are you completely caught that. up i've seen the first two episodes okay well there's three so i got oh there's three i did mm. get to see him in the in the hello kitty mask which was <laughs> wonderful it was adorable it was great and uh yeah i'm digging it i'm digging it so far yep that airs tuesdays uh 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, uh, for those of you wanting to know All that. Right. And it, it's, it has been a really fun series so far, and hopefully uh, that's just a sign of good things to come uh, for the remainder of the season. Uh, but Holly, I think for now, we uh, we wrap yes. this one up. Wrap it up! And uh, we'll let you know how you can contact the show. So you can find us over on Instagram at Pod. We also have our YouTube channel, uh, which will be posting our segments for the Halloween virtual convention on that whenever it premieres uh, on the Slashing Cast YouTube. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at HandleWithScare, as well as email the show at HandleWithScarePod at gmail.com. And of course, you can find more information on the show, as well as all of our past episodes on our website at HandleWithScarePod.com. And with that being said, of course... Be sure to keep your eyes posted for the virtual convention schedule, which should be up really any day now. Uh, and we'll let you know all the details when our stuff is airing for that. Should be a good time 
Uh, but for now, that will do it for us here tonight on Handle with Scare. This has been episode number 31. Uh, I've been your host, Emily Drunk, joined as always by my co-host, Holly Hooch. And we've hey. been discussing Creepshow. We'll be back next Wednesday. You guys take care and have a good night.